Welcome to my podcast, Exploring Past Lives with Karen Joy. I am Karen Joy. For over a decade, I've been doing regressions with people who want to experience a past life and sometimes their life between lives. I'm the author of several books, including the groundbreaking book, Lost Soul, Wise Soul, How Our Challenging Past Lives Shape Our Future. In this unique podcast, I speak to people who have actually experienced one or more past lives. Some have also visited their life between lives, which is also known as the afterlife. Come with me now to learn what can happen in a past life regression, what a past life experience is like, how it unfolds, and how it impacts on our current lives. In this episode, Belinda had so much to share, we have broken the podcast into two parts. Here is part one. So we've got Belinda with us today. Thank you so much for participating, Belinda. And I'd like to start by asking you a little bit about your spiritual perspective, where that came from. Oh, thanks, Karen. Um, it was quite interesting because... I think up until a couple of years ago, I never really thought about spirituality. Well, probably less so than I than I do now. But I think what certainly had put me down this journey of um, asking the question, who we are or um, what is the purpose, is... Um, in 2019 my son passed away and of course you know you, you get through the shock of of losing a child but it for me anyway it inevitably led me to um, wonder where where is he <laughs> what happened you know who who are we what what are we doing here but really i wanted to know where is my son did he still exist and of course what comes from that is a search through the spiritual literature and and asking the deeper questions about who we are and what we are and what is our greater purpose so so I would say the the death of my son was certainly the impetus to to ask these deeper questions and I've been down a very I've certainly been down a road of searching quite hard and I'd almost say I've become quite an expert in the spiritual, spiritual literature, to be honest. So so what what is my spirituality? Yeah. Yeah, so you to, well, you can keep going, but it sounds like that's been a, a major challenge for you and it's opened you up. Well, definitely opens you up. I mean, you're, you're certainly dealing with the issues of grief, but it's probably just the way my mind works I, I wanted to know what what is the literature what's the evidence you know what what is out there to to um to answer who we are you know is there a soul do we exist elsewhere so yeah I went through a a deep dive into the literature but on top of that I also had you know some unusual experience experiences growing up and um, so I had unusual dreams and, you know, you know, may have seen things that were unusual, but up until my son passed, I kind of just dismissed them. Um, 
six months before he passed away, I did have a quite a, um, you might call it a premonition or a very intense dream that later turned out to be quite similar to the circumstances of his death. So if I was to say anything that made me wonder if there's something else, it would have been this, this dream that I had six months prior to him passing. And in fact, it was that dream that led me to you, Karen, <laughs> and oh. led me to, yeah, yeah, and led me to. Yeah, um, so is that, is that because you went looking for somebody or? Well, six months before, my son passed in a drowning accident and six months prior to him passing, I, I had a very intense dream about a young man who, who passed away in a drowning accident. And fortunately, I actually, I woke up in tears and it took me quite a long time to, you know, to pull myself together as I, as I woke. And I mean, that's an unusual thing in itself to have a dream that kind of intense. And um, my partner was quite, uh, you know, concerned, like, what's wrong? And I said, well, I need a bit of time. And, but I really need to tell you this dream because this, this was a very powerful dream and extremely upsetting. So you know, it took, a, you know, it took me about 10, 15 minutes actually to, to really calm down. And fortunately, I, I told him in great detail the, um, the detail of this dream. And, um, and it's interesting because I, I, I hadn't given it much thought after my son passed and it was actually at his wake that it came to me that, Belinda, you actually dreamt this, of this situation six months beforehand. And, and if that's the case, what does this mean? You know, what, what does this mean to if you're dreaming of something so significant six months before it happens? And unfortunately, I'd actually had evidence because I'd told my partner about it and it made quite an impact on him because I was inconsolable for, you know, that morning. So, yeah, so it, it obviously made quite an impact. And, that, and I, would, I would say that that in itself, not just Sam passing, but Sam my son passing in combination with having this dream six months prior to him passing um, led me to well, what is all this about? Mm. Wow. Yeah. So yeah, trying to make sense then of what's happened. Well, it's both making sense of what happened, but also making sense of what is the mechanism that, that gives you, a premonition six months beforehand what what is happening for you know yeah. for, for that to occur yeah it starts it starts making you think well it seemed like it was an accident was it an accident mm, exactly yeah. Yeah, yeah that's exactly <laughs> <laughs> so that's it's um, exactly so um yeah and uh, what I did after that is I I found myself initially for some reason, being drawn to reincarnation because there was um, the literature on reincarnation because it wasn't so much a, that the dream was precognitive or a premonition, but there was a sense about it that looked old. There was, you know, the the characters in this particular dream were wearing old clothes that, you know, it's it was like a village type setting. So it had a sense of of something past, not of something to come. So mm -hmm. that that in itself also confused me. 
you know, I mean, the dream world can be quite unusual in that it throws, you know, yeah. different things, Definitely. you know, that make it make it confusing. But I did have a sense that this was something that had occurred before. In fact, when I had the dream and I relayed it to my partner, I said to him, I feel as though this is something that's happened to me before. And of course, six months later, it's a very similar circumstance to the um, to the details of this dream played out again. Okay, so it had the same sort of feeling sense, even though it was said in a different era, the feelings were similar. Yeah, that's correct. Yeah. So it was a, a young man drowning and yeah. um, and then a young woman left behind and then there was a re there was, was the, at the end of her life there was a a reconnection and this young man showing this woman what had occurred and he had attempted to save somebody and in the process had perished himself and the people in the town n- nobody ever knew what had occurred and he was showing her where he had passed and interestingly um where my son passed looks, I mean, he passed in a pool, he drowned in a pool, whereas in the dream, the the people involved drowned in a lake, but there was some eerie similarities to the dream lake and my actual pool. So I, I don't know. I don't know what it all means, but it certainly set me down a, a road of, well, can you find the any kind of um, answers to what it might mean. And so the feeling that you got then, just to, to clarify, if, if I remember correctly, it was a little bit like a feeling of it being abandoned and there, and then you found out there was a reason why that had happened. Mm. And maybe you can tell us if, a little bit more about what you found about um, from well, when we did the regression and, and uh, was it a past life? Did, you, did it come out to be a past life or well, um, so this is actually what set me down the road to, uh, I actually went to a, a hypnotist in the town where I live. There's nobody that does past life regressions where, in the town where I live, but there is a woman who's a, a lovely woman, great therapist, and she uses um, hypnosis, uh, I guess, you know, to quit smoking, ex- motivation, et cetera. And, and I approached her and said, do you, do you think your technique could assist in helping me remember the details of this particular dream? And it was an unusual request for her because um, she certainly, you know, I did ask her of her spiritual beliefs and she was certainly not, didn't believe in past life regression, but she was open to assisting me to find the memories of this dream. And um she did quite a good job because I could feel myself starting to uh, land back in the same village and could, I could feel the temperature and I could hear children. And, but unfortunately, she didn't take long enough. And before I knew it, she was bringing me back and, and I didn't quite grasp, you know, the, um, I didn't quite get all of I needed to get from that experience. And then when I came to you, I had had other unusual experiences in between and I certainly got a lot more detail about those other experiences. And I still haven't got the final details of that, what led me to you. Okay. So the dream itself that led me to take this step 
in exploring spirituality and, and the meaning of, of it all um, was about a, a woman and a man who were promised to one another in a very small town. And um, there was a, a community event and he, this man disappeared at this community event. And it also turned out that the man <clears throat> disappeared at the same time as a young woman, another young woman in the same village. And for the, the woman left behind who was promised to the young man, she had to contend with the not knowing what had occurred to him. But more than that, she had to contend with all of the, the village talk that the young man and the young woman had disappeared together and had run off together. So I had definitely had a, a sense that this woman that was left behind, she, she struggled to move on with her life. And um, in fact, she didn't move on with her life and um, be quite, she was quite angry and bitter and confused and sad um, because she thought that she'd actually found true love with this man that she was promised to. Um, but it was a, a strange experience because it was this sense that time had passed for her and, and that her life had ended and she was standing in this field at the end of her life. and the young man came forward to, to meet her at the end of her life and then take her to explain to her what had actually had occurred. And um, he led her to the, back to the lake. And standing beside the lake was the young woman that he'd disappeared with. And she'd apologised to the, to the woman left behind and said, I never took him from you. It was I was drowning and he attempted to save me. And then he, the um, young man looked at the young woman and said, you know, I, I never meant to leave you. It was an accident. I never meant to leave you. And um, so when I woke, it, it was this sense of um, relief and a sense of sadness, but relief and, and you know, like a sense of closure that what this woman had worried about all this time wasn't actually the truth. The truth is there was still this great love between the young man and the young woman. Yeah, but, um, very moving. Yeah, it was extremely wonderful. moving. It was like a, to, to experience it as a, as a, a dream. It was incredible. The word dream doesn't quite yeah, capture. It's one, of, it's one of those <laughs> dreams that people talk about sometimes. That they've got, they're so real, they're so powerful. But yeah, they're even more real than real life in some to yeah. some degree. Okay. The interest, and, the interest, yeah. the interest. Sorry to interrupt. Yeah, the interesting yeah. part about it is, I I know when I speak about the dream, it's hard for me to know who I was in the dream because it was an experience where I was all of them, and at the same time, each okay. of them individually and above them, watching them as a third person so it's a quite an interesting experience and it wasn't till I, I did this search into what even that might mean and um, when I looked into the near-death experiences retelling their stories at the you know um, yeah. what they talk about is when they have a life review that that's actually how it appears You're, you you live your life review from the sense of self the sense of other and the sense of all so yeah, okay. I know. so that's how you that's how you've made sense of that. That you, yeah. but you still don't know exactly, do you? Which which person? Still don't know which person oh, you were. I, 
in the <laughs> I room. don't. And it doesn't, no. maybe it doesn't matter. Maybe it doesn't matter. I've, I've come to that point, actually. It's because, of course, it sent me down this road to, to ask these questions, but it's, um, I've got so much more and so many other answers, but um, I haven't had the specific answers to the meaning of this dream. But I think if I was to take anything away, it's that there is no separation, that there's yeah. no point in worrying because there will be at some point in time, you know, you, you will meet your loved ones again because I've experienced that in that, in that dream. It sounds like also you've, you've had the experience from each perspective and mm. that, of course, is what we're having experiences for, to develop uh, understanding. Mm. And so if you've got that understanding, it, it's great. Whichever one you've played in the real life, at some level of your being, you've probably played all of those roles and you understand that. Potentially, yeah. yes, yeah. That's what I would guess. But, um, mm. okay, that sounds that's very interesting journey that you've taken there mm. and very disturbing one for you having lost your son so mm. when we did the we did I think we did a group regression first didn't we and uh so and you got some of it some stuff there and mm -hmm. then you came for an individual one mm -hmm. so I don't know where you want to go now but I'm going to just ask you you about past lives we might explore a bit we might get a little bit more about what you discovered, if you want to share about mm, your son and, and what happened as well, whatever you like to, whichever way you'd mm. like to go. So I'll mm. remember so I take <laughs> you to the other place that you leave out. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, I, I mentioned at the beginning that I've been on this journey of to find what the evidence is and, uh, you know, of who we truly are or what occurs from here. And, and I, I guess I didn't, want to just be in a position of blindly believing something or having blind faith like I really wanted I think these things are difficult to have evidence I but having said that I didn't I wanted to have something to pin these beliefs on you know I needed to have something that was a little substantial yeah solid, something solid yeah. concrete yeah substantial that makes sense what happened <laughs> <laughs> so um so the first experience would probably start there which um because i we did it as um, a family group so i i dragged my partner along <laughs> and my younger son and my son who passed away um he had a, a fiance so i brought her along as well and um I think as I guess my first uh, suggestion would be for anybody that's um, wanting to do a group session, I would say definitely do it. I think you can get great results. But if you're a mother who is concerned about, um, you know, your um, your children and your partner's experience, you know, it, it probably did hold back the experience slightly for me because I was, you know, there was in the back of my mind hoping that they were comfortable or getting something from it. So, but um, if, if I look at the, the um, experience as a, A, what I got from it and B, what evidence was there that this, there was something more to this than imagination, because I think that's people's concern, right? When they come to see yeah. a past life Summer. regression yeah. therapist, you know, you, you wonder whether or not you're just making it up. 
Okay, so, um, so in the group session, it was quite interesting because um, some very strange things happen, and um, and you did say to go with it, and I thought I'm just going to go with it. So, but the first life that I I found myself in, it started off like a the sound of music kind of situation where I'm on a a hill, this beautiful green hill, wearing some kind of apron. Um, I didn't get a lot more than that other than I was wearing an apron and that there was a stone building beside me and that I was once very happy but then quite lonely at the end. That's all I re recall. Interestingly, uh, my son's fiance, she also <laughs> had the same experience of wearing an apron and finding herself on a, a grassy hill in a, in a stone building. So I thought, that's now that's strange. The chances of coming up, if you're making things up, the chances of the two people making the same thing up, well, you know, I don't know statistically what the chances of that would be, but I would say it's quite remote. Yeah. The next life that I found myself plopped into was um, like a, a woman in a in a very ancient type city. There was sort of stone walls and and lots of mud and it's interesting the things that you recall but I, I recall most definitely the feeling of the clothing I was wearing <laughs> it was uh -huh. quite so you know this tactile memory of the the clothing that I had on it was a very coarse kind of um felt almost like hessian sort of very simple clothing that I had on and I I see across this courtyard and I see these soldiers holding very long uh I guess you would call them I wouldn't even know what you call them not swords but like sticks with something you know like a, a spear I guess a large spear but with these impossible helmets on they almost look like their whole head was covered in metal with these tiny areas for their eyes and I'm looking at them thinking how on earth could they possibly see anything through what they're wearing, like the helmet they're wearing? Next thing I, I realise, I'm being, I've actually been murdered by one of these soldiers and um, unfortunately perished very, very slowly. And, um, and I, I just remember that I was pregnant at the time and this soldier actually was quite brutal in, in the way that he murdered myself and the unborn child. So it was kind of horrific, although when you when you are in this part, when you're doing a regression, you it's there's a sense of distance from it. So you're not, I didn't feel so uh, horrified, as horrified as you would if you were actually there, I imagine. So of course, at the end, uh, you know, when I was looking back at the experience um, back at home, I'm always looking for evidence, Karen. So <laughs> Uh, <laughs> yeah, so I I start googling these helmets, which I've never seen anything like, and um, and it turns out that these are the very very early Spartan helmets. I've never seen anything like it. Wow. I, you know, when you think of a Spartan helmet, they're they're quite open in the in the face, but these were were basically metal. They covered up their whole head in these tiny holes in their eye for their eyes. So. I, and I've never, I mean, I, I'm definitely a history buff, but I never, ever knew that 
this was the first progression of the, the actual Spartan helmets. Wow. I've had that experience once where I found something that I had in a past life experience and it's pretty astounding when it happens. <laughs> yes, it is. So there I had my two pieces of evidence, but then you very graciously took us into the life between lives. And, um, of course, what I was hoping to find there was my son. <laughs> I was hoping to, I was like, okay, great. I get to hopefully have a chat with him. But once I was there, it was a very unusual experience. It's, it's almost like a weightlessness, a, like a space and weightlessness feeling. And it's like you're hearing a voice, but the voice is very internal, but it doesn't necessarily feel like it's coming from you. You know, I was very excited and I asked, where's Sam? Can I see him? I'm really excited about seeing him. And this uh, booming internal voice says to me, you're sorry, you can't see him this time. Firstly, you're too excited. It would probably affect your experience. And secondly, so is he. So it's not going to happen this time. So I was very disappointed by that, but um, I was shown other things that were extraordinary so you know I just accepted that but again when I go back and think well what's the evidence here um, interestingly enough um, Sam's fiance who was in the group session she spent the whole time with him <laughs> in the um in the in the life between lives and um they had quite the uh reunion <laughs> so they spent she said the whole time they were together. And um, so I, I, I say to myself, you know, if I was to make this up, I would make myself see Sam. I would force that to happen. I would have had this experience because I, I, that's what I most wanted is to be reunited with him. But he was already busy. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, you know, I, I think to myself, how's that even possible, you know? If I was to make that up, I would have had a similar experience. I would have been talking to him, and but that's not what happened. Mm. So you just kept getting bits and bits of more evidence. Well, yeah. yeah, Well, the the second session though is um, probably more extraordinary with you. But um, yeah, I think you know those sort of three pieces for me says said to me, well, there's clearly something here. You know, there's there is something here happening. Mm. And I don't know where we go now. Do we go through that uh, second session or do you want to say anything more about Sam? Did, I can't remember if you met Sam in that second session or you'd already no. had some contact with him. Mm. Have you, had, you have had contact with him, though. Yeah, lots. <laughs> not, not through regression, no. But um, maybe, you know, I did have more from the life between lives in that first session than I probably did in the second. So um, the things I I was told in that first session, and I might note that I made a point of not um, reading anything at all about regression therapy. I knew regression therapy occurred. I didn't read about anybody's experiences, didn't watch anything I didn't read any of Michael Newton's books or um, I think the other person's is Weiss's books. Uh, I made a point. I didn't really want to be um, influenced. Yeah, that makes sense. You know, when I say I've gone down this journey of wanting to know 
what is happening. I, I, I've done it in a way that I, I, I wanted to keep a level of integrity for myself. Like I didn't want to influence what the results might be. I, I've just wanted to experience it and then, then have a look at what, what is out there. So, um, so having said that, when I did the Life Between Lives in that first group session, um, the things I was told and the things that I saw were quite interesting because, I mean, you confirmed it at the end, but I later read things about, um, you know, the, my supposed job in the, after, in the life between lives. And um, I was told that, because, I, I mean, we're all searching for the purpose and what, why are we here and what are we doing? Like, what is this all about? So that was, you know, the question that I, that I asked when I was there. And um, I was told that, that I was part of a, a team <laughs> or I worked with stories and that my particular role in, in the stories was that I assisted in threading people into the, into the stories. And I saw this extraordinary vision of myself weaving these golden and silver threads through people <laughs> into, I just saw myself doing it this sort of image it was yeah it was quite a vivid image like connecting them together with in situations and with people like it like yeah them. and you sort of knew that that's what what it meant even though it seemed quite unusual okay yeah so I, I was told that and then I was told that part of and if anyone who would know me would agree with this that part of my uh lessons or what I'm here to learn was to um, to become less involved in the stories because I became very attached to them and 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 how they were to work out because you know there's a, a way things are meant to work out but they don't always work out that way so it was for me the lesson for me is to learn to um, these are the words that came to me is to learn to lovingly let go. Okay. Yeah. Mm. I think a lot of people are on that journey. Uh, it's very yeah. easy to get absorbed into the stories, mm -hmm. as we know. And, yeah, we want to get absorbed a little bit because we want to have some uh, investment but not too much. <laughs> well, that's right. And But I think it's for me it's also about um, not being too invested in the, the decisions that other people make that, you yeah. know, from my perspective I might could see that it's obviously not necessarily the right way to go, but sometimes you just have to let people go down those roads and and lovingly let them go yeah make their mistakes make and suffer if that's what happens but because that's how they learn yeah it's that's a hard one for a lot of us it I is think. I think so too so you know and it, it kind of um it does make sense because I did start off my working career as a social worker so you know so I got very involved in people's stories so yeah and um but of course you know professionally you have to learn to take that step back so that was quite a, a good profession to start off for me so but I think I'm now I no longer do that but now it's um it's still in that process for you know your family and your friends and you know yeah it's exactly. very hard <laughs> <laughs> watching hard, people make mistakes <laughs> yeah that's right and especially yeah. when we can see them coming <laughs> but anyway that's the journey and that is the journey when you get that uh, bigger understanding that you 
that's the burden, I guess, in a way. It can be a burden, but once you really get that big picture and understand that people are going to get there, but in their own time yeah. and in their own way. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so that was that's great that you got that in the uh, Life Between Lives in that group session. So you did get mm. some things in that session, which was okay. I, I think I was just so booked out at the time that was all I could offer you. <laughs> well, I was hoping for us all to have individual sessions, but yeah, I, to be honest, I, I would highly recommend people to do it in a group. But I just think as a mother who has if, issues with worrying about other people's experience, clearly, yes. <laughs> <You're> <laughs> <You telling. know? laughs> yeah, that's right. Um, yeah, you just have to be prepared to just, um, if people are going to be sceptical or not have a good experience, you just have to be okay with just letting them do that on their own and you just um, allow yourself to, um, yeah, fall into the experience of it because it does, you know, that there's different, certainly different levels that you you find yourself falling into under hypnosis and you want to be able to get into those deeper levels. But if you've got this little part of yourself that's still, uh, in the here and now, you know, checking in on how people are. Yeah, yeah it does. It can affect it. So, yeah, mm. that's that's true. Well, that's that's uh, interesting that you've shared that. And do you want to go to the past life you had in the uh, in the second regression we had? Because yeah. there, there was a pre-runner to that too. Something about a dream. Oh, is that right? Oh, you decide where you go, but I remember yeah. correctly. Oh, Karen, sorry. So it wasn't. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, you know, here I was trying to just contend with um, this premonition dream six months before my my son passed. So, and um, I had this inkling that there's, you know, something in this dream-like world or in this, uh, I guess they call it the hypnagogic state, you know, just as you're waking, there's this period of time where, um, yeah, just unusual things can occur. So I started writing my dreams down in a journal <laughs> and um which I would recommend for for people to do and I think what happens is the more you write your dreams down the more you remember <laughs> and um probably true yeah yeah and so what had occurred was again I had this a very similar quality of dream as the premonition dream that I had of my son my son's passing I had a very similar dream I just couldn't make sense of of this this person coming to me who was um it had a World War II kind of feel to it and um this person coming to me who was was close to death and I sort of sent him on his way to get assistance knowing that he was close to death and I, I I literally told anybody who would listen about this dream because I was just trying to, again, make sense of what could this be. But I also had a, I, I had this very clear dream about a funeral and I could see the people in the funeral and I wrote down there would be a funeral in July. And I said to my partner, look, I'm really quite, I hope this isn't, I hope this isn't one of these premonition dreams, but I have this uh I, I have this very strong sense that we're about to go to a funeral of somebody who's like like family, but not close family, thankfully, because I don't think I could have managed <laughs> at this point to um to to deal with losing somebody very close again. But um, and sure enough, um, my partner's best mate growing up 
passed away unexpectedly at the age of 49. So um, uh, uh, then after he passed, I continue to have very unusual dreams about him, which is unusual because uh, I've met him a dozen times, but I wasn't particularly close to him at all. I, you know, just I knew him in passing, you know, we would say hello or, um, but his life sort of was taking a different path to my partner's life, but he, you know, they spent a lot of time together growing up and, you know, had their children together, et cetera. But um, so when I was having these extremely unusual dreams about him, I did wonder what on earth was going on. I found it quite, um, actually, I found it quite disturbing because, um, you know, very early stages of the grief of losing my own son and then this occurs. So I was, you know, supporting my partner um, with the grief of losing his best childhood friend and he also took on the, the task of organising the funeral. So, But then I was also managing these very intrusive dream experiences that I had just couldn't make any sense of at all. So, of course, by the time I got to see you for the second time, I was hoping to make sense of this recent experience, but also hadn't let go of maybe trying to get something of the first unusual dream that started this experience. But uh, that last session, uh, the individual session with yourself, it was very much um, preoccupied with, with that and why that was occurring. So, yeah, so after, um, after my partner's um, best friend passed away, I, I had, again, a, um, in addition to the dream of the funeral, the dream of the man who was dying, and then um, after my partner's mate passed, I in particular had a very vivid experience of, um, of a woman bringing to me a, a, a child and asking me to assist this child. And um, I held this child and um, held this child to my, to my head a few times. I don't know why in this dream experience I did this but this occurred three times. And at the end of this process, there standing beside me was my partner's friend. And it, again, it had a different quality to a dream. It felt real. I was standing on a, on a cliff with him and I mentioned to him that he, he looked much better than the last time I'd seen him. Uh, and I said, you can go anywhere and on the base of this cliff before us is this beautiful, um, just the land just sort of folded out from this cliff. And I said, we can go anywhere. And he asked me to go back to see the woman who'd brought him to me as a child. And I said, oh, okay, if that's where you want to go. And next thing I see myself with, with my partner's friend, um, we're in a dusty town. I can see the buildings, these very tall uh, buildings, and the town is extremely dusty. And we're watching this woman that had brought him to me earlier dancing, wearing 1940s clothing, dancing down this street. And I, I was marvelling at how happy she looked. And, and then we followed her, and then we followed her to this home. 
And we followed and we opened up the gate. And there she was in the arms of a man, another man wearing a uniform. <laughs> and I, I, I was still marvelling, thinking, look how happy they are. And, you know, they're embracing. I was just marvelling at how happy. And then I noticed my um, my partner's best mate and he was not happy about the situation at all. And um, I looked at him and said, why are you so angry? And next thing we're out of the, the scene, oh, sorry, before that occurred, the, the woman looks at me and says, why did you bring him back here? You didn't need to bring him back here. And I, I thought, what have I done? <laughs> and we leave this scene and then I'm in this very misty space and I'm, I'm looking at my partner's friend from the waist up and I can see him quite clearly. He's probably about a metre away and I feel as though I'm completely awake, that I'm no longer sleeping at all. I felt completely awake and I can no longer hear him, but I can see him clearly. And I'm saying, I, and his face looks very angry and frustrated. And I, I'm trying to communicate with him and I'm saying, I, I'm sorry, I, I don't know what I've done. I'm sorry if I've upset you. And I can feel myself quite panicking because I'm wondering, where am I? I feel awake and I've got this angry person in front of me. And next thing I can see my, my son come up from his right shoulder and I just spot him and I can see him from the waist up and he's smiling at me, letting me know everything's okay. And my my partner's friend sees that I've noticed somebody and he's turned, looked at my son, Sam. I can see they're, they're communicating with each other. They're laughing. They turn around and they walk away into this mist together. And I'm just standing there going, "What awake, what on earth is happening? And then I notice to my right that I've got a, an older man beside me. And I look at him and say, well, who are you? And then he disappears and then I completely awake from the experience. So, Karen, after I had that, I went, do I need to check myself in somewhere? Because what the <laughs> hell is that? <laughs> Do I need medications? Do I need a good psychiatrist? What the heck is that? Thank you for tuning in today. Please feel free to access my website, lifebetweenlivesregression.com.au for much more information about past lives and life between lives. You also might want to tune in to my Twitter and my Instagram account and my Facebook page, Karen Joy Author. On my website, you will find case studies explored in depth in my blogs and in my books and locate other useful information and resources. Thank you for listening.